before we begin, today's episode was recorded prior to the tragic events that took place at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill on Monday, August 28, 2023, in the fatal shooting that led to the loss of the life of Dr. Yan, a professor at the university. This event is incredibly heartbreaking and even more difficult to fathom knowing that it happened so close to home. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Dr. Yan's family, the students of the university, the faculty and staff, and the people and community in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. We ask now that you join us in a brief moment of silence in memory of Dr. Yan. Thank you. Now, please enjoy the episode and remember that we are all together, Carolina strong. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Carolina Casuals. I am Justin, and I am, of course, joined by my brother, Noah. Hey, everybody. How's it going this week? We've got an exciting one today. It is football season. It's finally here. This weekend is the first slate. Well, not really the first slate, but the ones that matter to us of college football. We're going to preview all of that today, as well as preview our NFL team and the Carolina Panthers, who still wait another week before they kick off. But let's jump right in now and begin our season preview with the Carolina Panthers. We've obviously talked last episode quite a bit about uh, the offseason and a little bit of what last season looked like. But just as a reminder, last year the Panthers finished second in the NFC South behind only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Finished with a record of 7-10. and 10. This year, of course, there's been a lot of changeover, particularly with the offense and with the coaching staff. Noah, what are you expecting out of the Carolina Panthers from this season? I, this season, am expecting just improvement. Um, and I'm expecting us to contend at the top of the division. Not saying that means we have to win 10-11 games or anything, but... Looking at the rest of the division, we should be able to contend at the top. If Bryce Young can develop well, I can see us kind of being like the Jaguars and getting hot down the stretch last year, winning eight or nine games. But I think after a couple couple of seasons where I, when we watched Matt Rule lead, I never watched us get better as the year went on. So I'm hoping that this – so I, I expect this year to just see us be a better team at the end of the year than at the start of the year. If we can do that, then that shows faith the players have in the coaching staff, and I think it sets us up well for the future. Yeah, I think I think the goal should be be no worse than last season. Mm-hmm. I think we finished at a seven and ten, finished honestly pretty well towards the end of the season. I think I think we closed out with like a five hundred record in the when Wilkes took over, and I think that is a reasonable place that I think the Panthers can be is right around 500. Um, I will just go out and say 
that there, in my opinion, is a realistic world that the Panthers could finish with 12 or 13 wins. I agree. Whether or not that is actually going to happen will remain to be seen. But I think it's more realistic that we finish similar somewhere in the seven to nine win area. I think as long as we do that, I think I'd consider this season a success because, you know, you're bringing back the same, pretty much the same defense you had last year. You're looking at what should hopefully be an upgraded offense and an upgraded coaching staff in year one, trying to figure out what it's going to look like all put together. I think if you go seven and 10 again, I think it's not a failure. I think, but I think with the, level that this division is looking to be at this year, I think winning the division would be a massive success. Well, my my concern, my only concern for this season is watching the Panthers in preseason is can the O-line get better? Because my gosh, the O-line's got some problems right now. Yeah, um, they're Bryce a little banged up. They're right, a little right, banged up. And, and Bryce has taken a lot of hits already. And not, not to bring the, is he too small for the NFL conversation in, but He's it's a lot of hits he's already taken, and those are going to add up. And so it's a matter of can they keep if they can keep him upright and let him show the the special talents and the special mind that he has. I think you see you could even see that 10, 11, 12 wins become more realistic. If they can't keep him upright, it's going to be a long season. Well, and they got better as the preseason went. So you know, the, obviously it remains to be seen, but I think the offensive line will have it figured out by the time regular season starts to roll around, or at least a, f- a couple of games in once all the starters are back in there. Let's move on to college football. The first full weekend across the nation is Labor Day weekend, and it starts Thursday and spans all the way on to Labor Day on Monday. And on pretty much every day, we've got North Carolina and South Carolina schools kicking off. So we're going to take some time here to preview each of these teams and what their overall seasons we anticipate to look like. So let's start with the teams that are actually playing on Thursday. And let's begin with Wake Forest. So Wake Forest, as as Justin mentioned, Wake Forest opens on Thursday night against Elon, a game that I believe everybody will expect Elon to win. And and here's here's the thing about Wake Forest. They lost a lot of production. The last couple years, they have been an offensive juggernaut with Sam Hartman. Um, They had some really solid, I thought, NFL talent at receivers. And you know, they always run that like that mesh offense that it takes them 10 years to hand decide whether they're going to hand the football off or if they're going to sit back and throw. Now they're going to have a new quarterback running the offense, and I believe at this point is yet to be announced. And their schedule is also not very forgiving. They have to travel both to Clemson and to Notre Dame. They also get Florida State at home as well as having to travel to Duke. So I I think Wake's going to take a little bit of a step back this year. They already were struggling in last year, even with Sam Hartman. And I think now that Hartman's gone, I think it's going to become a problem for Wake Forest. All right, let's move on now to NC State. Justin, what do you got with NC State? Well, NC State's an interesting one because obviously we are heading into year 10 
for Dave Dorian's NC State teams. And to be honest, his track record is pretty good. Only twice under Dave Dorian has NC State had a losing record, and that was his very first season in 2013 and his most recently in 2019. Every other season, they have come away with at least a 500 record, winning bowl games. NC State is always one of those teams that you you can expect them to finish usually somewhere in that eight to nine win area. And I think there's pretty good reason to expect that again out of NC State. You know, their toughest games are, you know, are pretty much all at home this year. You've got Notre Dame coming to town. You've got Clemson coming to town. UNC comes to town. I mean, those are the three big ones that they don't have to travel for. And all three could be winnable games for them. But then other games like Duke and Wake later on in the season could could give some trouble as well. I think once again for NC State, I think it's going to be another kind of usual 8-9 win bowl game appearance season. If, if they come out playing really well, they might be able to compete for an ACC championship, but I think it's they're going to have to pull off some some really really powerful moments for that to happen. But with that said, I still think NC State probably going to have another usual pretty good season. Let's move down the road and let's go to Chapel Hill, University of North Carolina. UNC for another season is coming in with expectation. Uh, And that is mainly because of their quarterback. Drake May is back as a Heisman candidate. And a lot of people think he could end up being the number one overall pick in April. But I think the two big wrinkles to know with UNC, Josh Downs is gone. He's been a huge part of the offense the last two years. And they also think a move that's kind of gone underrated. They have a new offensive coordinator. And he was what helped make Sam Howell become a solid quarterback. He He was behind having Drake May have a solid year last year. A new offensive coordinator coming into Chapel Hill. It's going to be an interesting wrinkle. I think Drake May's talent will help that help that transition. But new OC is going to be very interesting there, especially for a team that's expected to compete with Clemson and FSU at the top of the ACC. And they're coming in preseason number 21. My concern with UNC is, is this, is this just similar to what happened two years ago after the good 2020 season that they had when Sam Howell came off a great year in 2020, but then he lost all his receivers and his running backs. And 2021, they struggled, not necessarily because of Sam Howell, but they just had lost so much. And while they didn't lose quite as much this time, Josh Downs was really the only proven receiver on offense. And I hadn't, and the defense has been struggling the last couple of years. And that that's really my main concern with with UNC is just can they can they reach the hype again even even though they've lost a lot of production and they've got three big games opening with South Carolina who's a very sneaky good team in the SEC and then obviously the rivalry game with Duke but then having to travel to Clemson that could be a huge game for deciding who ends up winning the ACC so I expect UNC to be solid. I expect UNC, I believe, to be third or four, top four uh, in the conference, but I'm not sure if they've got the, I'm not sure if they've got the pieces on paper preseason to compete. They're going to need some guys to develop, especially out receiver and running back, um, I think, to really compete with Clemson and Florida State for the top of the conference. 
Uh, and let's head to the other side of this week one matchup. What are we got with USC? Well, that sneaky good team that Noah mentioned, it's been up and down. It's been well documented since the Steve Spurrier days. However, the end of last season, I think we saw maybe from Shane Beamer's Gamecocks some signs of life. And I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic heading into the season if you're a South Carolina fan. This is one of their more favorable schedules they've had in the SEC in a while. Obviously, there's five ranked teams that show up on there, but they open up with a game against UNC, as Noah mentioned. It's very winnable. Obviously, Georgia's going to be tough. You've got a game against Tennessee, but it's a Tennessee team that you beat last year. You know, Texas A&M's a ranked team on there. We'll see how long that lasts, but I think that's a winnable game, and they close hosting Clemson, who they beat in Death Valley last season. Look, South Carolina's got a real chance this season to make some noise and go back to the the dominant 11-1 and seasons that we saw under Steve Spurrier. Maybe not quite 11 wins, but I think it, I think 10 wins is, I think, probably the top-end limit for this team. But I think eight or nine should almost feel like a guarantee, and honestly, nine should probably be a guarantee. I think South Carolina is gearing up to have a really good season, bringing a lot of guys back, namely Spencer Radler, who a lot of people had kicked to the curb. Kind of had a revival year last year. I think this is a real chance for South Carolina to make some noise. They could do a lot of damage both in the SCC and in the greater college football picture. So, South, as much as it pains me to say that as a Clemson grad, South <laughs> Carolina, I you've got reason I think to be excited this season. I think this could be one of South Carolina's better seasons in a long time. Let's head back across the state line, Noah. What do you think about Duke? Duke is coming into the season with some expectation. Um, you know, Mike Elko in his first year turned it around from, uh, I think, like three wins in 2021 to going to nine and four last year. Bring back Riley Leonard. You bring back Jalen Calhoun. Defensively, Dwayne Carter comes back. Now, the issue for Duke is they got a gauntlet of the schedule. They are playing my top three teams in the ACC plus Notre Dame. Uh, with Florida State and North Carolina on the road and Clemson and Notre Dame at home in the first month of the season. And if Duke can go, if Duke can win three one, one of those games, they should be able to finish nine and three because the rest of their schedule, I believe, is very manageable. But I think, you know, Duke, that, that game on, on September 4th against Clemson on Labor Day, if, if we we've talked about this over the summer, if if you want Clemson, this is the time to get Clemson. You're bringing in a new offensive. You're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. You're bringing in you know K. Clubnick is still trying to work on things. This is the time. Also historically, Clemson sh- kind of struggles. So if you're Duke, this is the perfect time to play Clemson. And I think Duke has a chance to upset Clemson Labor Day night. And if they do, that could catapult them to the rest of this year. Um, but I'm expecting. Um, I'm expecting nine and three, eight and four from Duke. Like I said, I think Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida State, North Carolina, those could if if those are all four losses, I think every but every other game is very winnable for Duke. And now on to the other side again of that Labor Day matchup. What are we thinking with Clemson this year? 
look, the expectation on Clemson at this point every year is to go 12 and 0. I don't think that's a secret to anybody. And I think this year that expectation probably stays. Clemson should go 12 and 0. This is maybe one of their tougher schedules that they've had in recent memory, very similar to the schedule that Noah just talked about with Duke. You know, obviously they play Duke that opening weekend. Notre Dame is on their schedule again this year. UNC is on the schedule. You know, they play NC State. They play Florida State, of course, who is maybe showing signs of life the same way South Carolina is. And it's pretty much split between those games being at home and on the road. Look, I think the expectation and is going to be for Clemson to go 12-0 and again. I think realistically... You know, it could be 12 and 0. It also could be 7 and 5. There's a lot that it really depends on for that. Obviously, Cade Klubnick's development is a big part of that. The receiver development is a big part of that. How do the new pieces on defense replacing the D line fill out? I think 11 and 1, maybe 10 and 2, somewhere in that range is probably what I would expect. But I don't really know. It just kind of depends. I think the Duke game will be telling. I think the Florida State game that's at the end of September will be telling as to what this the rest of the season is going to look like. But, you know, obviously the expectation is going to be 12-0. and 0. I think realistically 11-1. and 1. I, I just don't see us getting through this schedule unscathed. I think we'll drop somewhere. We haven't played Notre Dame very well in the past couple years. I think we probably drop one somewhere. I think 11 and 1 is probably probably realistic. But hey, I mean overall, if you're a fan of Carolina sports, you can't be too upset at this. I mean, we're probably looking at of the six biggest schools in the states, probably f- definitely five of them probably go into bowl games and Wake Forest potentially does fighting for fighting for one. I mean, I don't know about you, Noah. That feels like a pretty good season from the Carolinas. Oh yeah, for sure. If you can get six, if you can get six teams into bowl, if you can get five or six teams into bowl games, that'd be tremendous. And that's not even talking about Appalachian State's always really good. East Carolina can have good seasons every now and then, you know. So getting a couple of other teams into bowls would be awesome. Speaking of those other teams, obviously. Carolinas are not just limited to those six major schools. Noah, what is another team that we haven't really talked about much yet that you think is poised to have a good season across the Carolinas? Well, you know, I'm I am I might come off a little bias here, but I am I am gonna jump down into Division One FCS and talk about my Furman Paladins because I think Furman has a chance to be really good this year. Returning 18 starters from a team that went to the second round of the FCS playoffs and played Incarnate Word, one of the best offenses in the FCS last year, right to the end of the game. Last year, Furman's highlight game against an FBS school was Clemson. This year, we get South Carolina. And while, yes, I believe South Carolina is a sneaky good team, I also think that, you know, especially if they don't play well against UNC, there's a chance maybe Furman could go into South Carolina and beat them. I'm not picking that. I'm rooting for it. But I think Furman has the offensive talent 
that they can, I think they can win the SoCon. I think they can win the SoCon with their top 10 in the FCS to start the season. And I think Furman is, should be the favorites to win the SoCon. And so I'm expecting another FCS playoff appearance and just to have another good season. Justin, how about you? Who's your, who's your sleeper team? Well, they're kind of the obvious one, but I think they're the obvious one for good reason. And that's the boys over in Boone. Look, App State, every year it seems, always finds a way to make some noise, make themselves relevant. Don't think there's much reason to think they can't do it this year. Look, they're going to get another shot at UNC very early in the season. The schedule, you know, coming out of the Sun Belt. Look, this is another one of those years for App State. They're historically very good at going 10-2, and 11-1. and one potentially finding their way into one of the New Year's Six Bowls. App is always one of those teams that you can never can never sleep on them. The biggest thing for them is just they sometimes have a tendency to play up to their opponents, and then they'll sometimes play down to them. If they can avoid playing down to some of these opponents and not dropping games that maybe they shouldn't, look, I have no reason to think that App State this year can't find a way to compete for one of those New Year's Six Bowls. Obviously, you know, last year we saw the big win over Texas A&M. There's reason to think they can be relevant again. I know record-wise it was a bit of a down season, but look, they're App State. They're going to replenish. They're going to find a way to be competitive. And I think this team is poised to fight for one of those New Year's Six Bowls and be competing really late in the season. And then just one thing to add real quick to that point, especially with the perennial group of five powers going to the big conferences, that, that App State definitely has a shot for that. That's another thing to think about for an App State fan is a lot of those group of five contenders have gone on to bigger conferences. So I think App State's, I agree, App State's got a real shot with that. Absolutely. Finally, move in here to our game day picks. All of what we expect from the Carolina schools this upcoming weekend will go in order by schedule, and we'll start with our non-Carolina Clash games. We'll start on Thursday night, 7 p.m. in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Wake Forest is hosting Elon. Noah, I assume I know what you're going to say, but what are you expecting? I'm expecting Wake to win. Um Elon, I mean, Elon's been a solid team. They were in the playoffs last year, but this is a game that Wake should win pretty comfortably, letting themselves get the offense established. Agreed. This should be pretty easy win for Wake. Look, we love Elon, but Wake is just bigger, stronger, faster. This should be pretty comfortable for Wake. And then 30 minutes later, up in Connecticut, NC State will be playing at UConn on CBS 7.30 p.m. on Thursday. I think relatively straightforward. UConn maybe was a little better last year. You think State's probably still going to pull this one out pretty comfortably? I I think State wins. I don't – State's favored by 15. I don't think they cover 15. You're talking an improved UConn team. State's got to go to UConn, bringing in a new quarterback. I, I think State wins – but I think it could it could end up being closer than fifteen. It could also end up being a blowout. But I think you UConn on especially at home, this will be a huge game for their fans. UConn could keep it close, but State wins. I'm not that worried about UConn. Look, they have been historically 
not very good. It's that's not even a secret. Look, last year was better, but I'm still not convinced it wasn't a fluke opening game of the season. I think NC State can pretty comfortably take care of business and get the win. But now this week, we move into our Carolina clashes. We've got two this week, and the first one coming on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. It is North Carolina and South Carolina in Charlotte. Who you got? This one's tough because uh, I think both of these schools could end up really even. I think South Carolina not being ranked is is an interesting decision by the AP by the AP poll. I'm going to go with North Carolina. I think this is just a situation of Drake May will find a way. Spencer Rattler over his career has proven to be a little bit inconsistent. And last year, yes, he ended well. But before those Tennessee and Clemson games, he was not very good. So I think there, there's some development, I'm sure, that's there. But I think Drake May and Carolina will find a way. I think it'll be a high-scoring game, and it'll be a close game. But I think UNC wins. I definitely think it's going to be high-scoring. Both of those teams' defenses aren't notoriously the best. I think South Carolina's is maybe a little bit better. But I think North Carolina... Look, Drake May is going to want to get this season started on a right note, keep the hype train going for the draft next year. I think North Carolina wins, and I won't lie. I think it'll be at least two possessions. I think they're able to win this game by. But I think it'll nonetheless be a good game. I think both teams have a lot to prove this season, but I think North Carolina, I think this matchup being this early, I think North Carolina finds a way to win this one and. Without too much trouble, but it'll definitely be a little difficult. And then lastly, Monday, September 4th, Labor Day night on ESPN at 8 o'clock. Clemson travels to Durham to play the Blue Devils. Big game, especially for our family. What do you think? What are you expecting? Who's going to win? Well, this is one of the biggest games Duke's had in a while. Um, Not just because it's Clemson, but because it's prime time on Labor Day. There's, like I said, there's expectations for Duke this year. Every bone in my body wants me to pick Duke on the upset. I, ju- I just think Clemson is going to end up being a, a little bit too talented for Duke, but I definitely think it's going to be, cl- I think it's going to end up being Clemson will cover by 14, but it'll be a situation where I think it'll be close for about two or three quarters. And Clemson will pull away middle of the fourth quarter. But I think I think Duke is going to compete, and I think Duke is going to push Clemson. But I think Clemson's talent ultimately wins the game. Look, I'm not going to lie. This is a bit of a scary game. I know it's Duke, and we don't usually think of Duke for football. But coming off a good season last year, they're bringing back a lot of, a lot of guys. Clemson has the last couple years been good, but has been a little shaky. Look, I think Duke could really – test Clemson. I think they will test Clemson, but I agree. I I think Clemson is probably going to find a way to pull this one out. It'll be tough. It'll be close most of the game, but I think the biggest thing is, I think ultimately the size up front for Clemson is going to be what dooms Duke, particularly in a second half of a football game. Guys start to get tired. Size can start to play more of a factor, and I think Clemson wins, and I I think it'll be I think that's a good line for them at thirteen. I think it'll be right around that that they end up they end up winning by. 
Well, that is all we have today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll give us a follow on wherever you get your podcasts from. While you're at it as well, go ahead and find us on social media. You can find our Instagram and our Facebook link below. Go ahead and follow us and stay up to date on the latest information as it pertains to this podcast. But that's all we've got for today. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, this is Justin and Noah, and we will catch you again next week at the start of the NFL season to preview the Panthers and talk about what we saw this weekend with the Carolina College Sports. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.